This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Hey, welcome back into the Sports Bar. Danger and Bataglia, Buffalo Bills Camp Live from St. John Fisher University. And it's always great to get caught up with one of our friends from CBS Sports, their draft analysts, and the pride of the 585, Chris Trapasso, joining us here in the Sports Bar live on set here at Buffalo Bills Training Hack. Chris, you got to take in practice today. We're all uh, sporting a healthy glow Sweat. from the sun that that is just beating down a longer practice today and and we're happy to have you in today because we know you have an eye for the young talent the prospects that came into the draft and now that they are on the teams that they're on specifically with the bills today we want to get your sense on how these rookies are performing uh day uh, day three now of, of practice here at uh, st john fisher yeah first off it's great to be in person you guys are set up here at the bar at this media That's center right. which uh, is absolutely perfect yeah, uh, so it's always good to be in person the first player that I wanted that really stood out to me, Justin Shorter, the fifth-round wide receiver. Now, on film, in terms of a grade perspective, he was relatively low for me because he's not yards after the catch. He's not going to get open very often. But it was really interesting when the Bills picked him because he, to me, is Gabe Davis 2.0. At Florida, it was down the field, post routes. He is very sure-handed. He's bigger, more physically imposing than Gabe Davis. Made a couple really nice catches in team drills and one-on-ones down the field. So if Gabe Davis is either injured again or he doesn't play very well or even he does play well and he prices himself out of Buffalo in 2024, it's good to have someone like Justin Shorter who is that big vertical field stretcher on this Bills team. I like to say find somebody that you love in life the way Justin Shorter, who's actually right behind you right now, loves okay. not wearing a shirt while working out. He the should. Dude, He's 6'3", 230. The like, dude is an Adonis. Yeah, we'd all be wearing no shirt if <laughs> we look like Direct. that. I would, hate, I would hate clothing as well. Yeah, I agree. Like, Shorter's interesting, but could you actually stash him on the practice squad, Chris? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a deep position right now. Yeah, no, it is. And there's a lot of receivers on this roster. It's still relatively early in training camp. I think... The preseason for someone like Justin Shorter, if he makes a couple of those grabs down the field, he probably will make the team. The coaches have talked about his special teams ability. I don't think they could store him on the practice squad because he was that, you know, five-star recruit at Penn State, then transfers to Florida. He looks how he looks at 6'3", 225, 230. 
he's a physical specimen, so I think that would be very risky. And the Bills have had a, a lot of those late-round day three picks get grabbed from other yeah. teams. I don't think Brandon Bean would want someone at a valuable position like receiver to get snagged. Chris, what did your eyes see today on Dorian Williams? Because you know we initially thought that when he was drafted in the, in the third round that he would be somebody that would come in and compete with Terrell Bernard and maybe play for that middle linebacker. But we see Sean McDermott kind of using him behind Matt Milano and playing some weak side linebacker. Uh, what do you think the what, what is your projection for Williams in this Bills defense in his first year? Well, it was kind of a bummer when they announced that he was going to start at weak side linebacker because there's kind of a log jam there and you have an all pro in Matt Milano in front of him. I felt like he could have played middle linebacker. There's a lot more that goes into the intricacies of the scheme going from Tulane to the Bills. Um, I think today, based on what I've just seen on Twitter the last two days, played a little bit faster playing that weak side linebacker role. There's not as much. You're not calling the plays. You're not getting people lined up, which, again, I think was kind of an underrated element to what Tremaine Edmonds did at 19 years old, calling the plays from day one. It was really impressive. I think there's still time for him to ultimately move back to middle linebacker as he, again, learns the scheme. But someone with sub-4-5 speed, I think he plays a lot bigger than six foot. 225. He kind of reminded me on film of Matt Milano when he was at Boston College where he's not getting bowled over very often and he can make plays in coverage. It's just been a slower acclimation uh, process for him going from a more simple uh, defense at Tulane to a more complex one in uh, Sean McDermott's defense. Chris Trapasso, our guest, CBS Sports NFL Draft Analyst, taking in practice today. And let's talk about the first-round pick, Dalton Kincaid. And, look, we don't know how the Bills are going to deploy. That's going to be something interesting when we get to the preseason. But, Chris, just in general, what what did you see out of Kincaid today? And the tight end position, why is it so difficult? Uh, Why is there such a learning curve? That's a really good question. I'll, I'll first start by saying, what I saw from him is he was almost always on the field. It seemed like regardless of if they were rotating in different right guards, whether it be Torrance or Bates, to get those guys acclimated, um, it was like Dalton Kincaid was out there with the ones almost every snap in team drills. We didn't get a lot of team drills today, um, which to me that just says that they want him to hit the ground running. They have a plan for him to put a lot on his plate right away. And again, going back to the draft angle, I think that makes sense. He's going to be 24 in October. He caught a ton of passes last season at Utah. This is the opposite of Dawson Knox, who was behind A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf at Ole Miss, barely caught any passes there, was athletic, but was kind of this moldable ball of clay. That's not the case with Kincaid. In terms of why tight ends uh, aren't able to really be that big-time producer early on, I think it's because a lot of times in college offenses, they're not the focal point. They haven't caught a lot of passes. That's why I think Kincaid is kind of a rare case and probably why the bill or part of why the bills traded up to pick him because he is that high floor player and for this bills team now they're not interested in long-term projects they are trying to win now i think they want him to be in that kind of a quasi cole beasley role possession slot receiver in year one all right so with that in mind and, and knowing the history of brandon bean and some of the picks that he's made in the second third fourth rounds that haven't exactly panned out mm-hmm. You mentioned Osiris Torrance. He's in there with Bates. Those two guys are kind of interchangeable yep. there at right guard. How do you see this battle at camp playing out? Do you think Torrance has enough to be the week one starter on this Bills offensive line? In terms of talent and size and length, yes, absolutely. I think kind of similar to Dorian Williams, like learning the intricacies, the scheme, where he needs to be on combo blocks. I think that could take some time. And again, I think the preseason will, will be big for Torrance, even if 
he's not playing with the the ones right away. What I think weirdly works in his favor is the fact that if he beats out Ryan Bates, it doesn't mean that the Bills are suddenly cutting a veteran and he's gone and they're like, man, we're, we're not as experienced up front. Ryan Bates is the you most versatile player on the offensive line. So if it's pretty even or maybe Torrance is just slightly ahead, they can say, hey, look, you're going to win the job and Ryan Bates is going to be our emergency center. He could play tackle if he needs to. So that kind of helps him where the Bills wouldn't necessarily be downgrading their experience a lot in terms of who's in their offensive line room if Torrance ultimately beats him out. Do you subscribe to the saying rookie wall? You hear that a lot when players go to the NFL and college seasons are longer than they've ever been. But would it be wise and and should we expect the Bills to slow play some of these rookies for that reason? Yeah, I I totally believe in it. I think you see that a lot um, just tracking these young players, which I've done for the last like five years now at CBS. Like right around early December when it's, of course, they're playing in December in college, but that's we're here in July. There's only three preseason games, but then a long, arduous season. Uh, I think you do see those players that kind of hit that wall, and, and they're not as energetic as they were, you know, in college. So I think maybe that has been part of the philosophy with Sean McDermott in the last five or six years that they are kind of slow playing these rookies. But then again, again, this Bills team is trying to win right now and get as much production out of these young players as possible. Chris, moving on from the rookies, you mentioned you track these guys every year yeah. for CBS Sports. Chris Trapasso, our guest here in the sports bar. Let's talk about some of the second-year guys because we need an impact out yep. of Kyir Elam. You yeah. need an impact out of James Cook. Let's start with, with and, and of course, Terrell Bernard, who was their third-round pick from last year, who's competing to be the middle linebacker. Starting with with uh, with Kyir Elam. Mm-hmm. Was his rookie year disappointing to your eyes? And, and what, what's going to take for him to kind of seize that role of cornerback two opposite Trey. So it was disappointing just if you're looking at the classic uh, statistics, how much he played. For me, it was kind of a weird selection because at Florida, he was a man-to-man on an island corner. There's some talk that maybe they were going to pick Trent McDuffie, who the Chiefs traded up in front of them to pick, who was played in a very similar to Sean McDermott zone-based defense. I wasn't crazy surprised that he didn't hit the ground running like Trey White did back in 2017. But you're right, the Bills do need to get, I think, closer to normal first-round production out of him. What does kind of work, maybe not in his favor, but the team's favor, is fellow rookie last year, Christian Benford, played really well. He's been running with the the ones. So if they don't get that normal first-round type of production in year two from him, they probably will get something close to that out of Christian Benford who they like a lot and has awesome ball skills. Yeah, and then you, not from last year, but then you mix in Dane Jackson. Yep. So how would you assess the corner two position right now? Is it strong or you just don't have one guy really stepping up and saying, hey, this job is mine? Yeah, it's still pretty early, and that's another one where I'll kind of divert and say uh, the preseason will matter a lot. Maybe not Dane Jackson because I think they know what they have with him, but don't be surprised if late in the second quarter, even early third quarter, we're seeing Kyrie Elam just to get reps, regardless of who he's facing. Um, to me, though, the cornerback position a year ago, going into that 2022 draft, we knew that it was like a telegraphed pick that they had to go corner because this, the cornerback room was a problem with Trey White coming off the injury. Now I think, even with Cam Dantzler being waived today, it's the deepest room on the team with Benford, with Elam, with Trey White back, adding Taylor Rapp, Taron Johnson. It's kind of quasi-nickel corner safeties. Um, So it's definitely going to be a really hardy competition as we get into week two of camp and then into the preseason. 
There isn't going to be a rookie wall for James Cook this year, but we expect that he will have a larger role mm-hmm. in the Bills' offense. Can that body handle that larger role? What's your projection for James Cook in year two? That's a good specific question, and I think it can because, of course, it's not going to be the classic always between the tackle, banging, getting hit a lot role, and he's not going to see the ball. I would say if there are games where James Cook gets the ball 15 times, that's going to be a lot because of all the new additions that they've made, adding Kincaid, running more 12 personnel, um, where they're going to probably spread the ball around. And then you have Stephon Diggs, who's probably going to see 130, 150-plus targets. Um, so I do think he does have the body for it. But for as good or surprisingly good as he was between the tackles, I think he's best on the perimeter where we saw him make most of his plays at Georgia. Yeah, it, another second-year player. It sounds crazy. Tell me I'm crazy. Is the job of Khalil Shakir absolutely safe here? Is he somebody that has to go out and earn this? Where do you see him fitting in? I think it's pretty safe, but uh, we hear a lot from coaches saying that there, it, you know, every job's up for grabs. There's a competition. That's always not true. I feel like the Bills really do that, and, and we saw it last year with Christian Benford starting week one as a sixth-round pick out of Villanova. I do think the Bills are open to Trent Sherfield or Deontay Hardy making a lot of plays in training camp, maybe a few splash plays in the preseason to take that job away from him. What I like about Shakir is twofold. Yards after the catch with his contact balance, his cutting ability I think is very good. That's what this offense needs. And he's got very sure hands. The 10 catches that we saw last year, there were a few where he had to contort his body in the playoff game against the Dolphins. Fought back after a drop, made a big catch down the field. There was a catch against the Steelers. It was a back shoulder down the seam. He has those intricacies or those nuances to earn the trust of Josh Allen. Meanwhile, Sherfield and Hardy have to kind of earn that early on here in camp. So what, do you, what is your projection for the middle linebacker competition? Tyrell Dodson, we know how McDermott and Bean have always rolled. They're, they're loyal to the guys that have been here. They give them the first crack at anything that you're going to get is going to be earned. So I guess my question is, knowing what we know of Bernard, the third rounder from last year, Chris, coming out of Baylor, does he have it in order to be that that kind of quarterback of the defense? See, I don't think he's a middle linebacker. And certainly Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott know a lot more about football and this scheme than I do. He, to me, seemed like a perfect in-space, weak-side guy that you don't want those guards and centers getting to the second level on him. He's not great shedding blocks. Now, maybe has he gotten stronger? Has he learned some of the handwork that you need in the NFL to get off those blocks? Maybe. And we'll see that here in camp and, and in the preseason. The safe bet, I think, would be Tyrell Dotson because of what you mentioned, the loyalty. He's been in the system. Um, he's played in the NFL multiple games. The dark horse to me would be Balen Spector. I mean, he was a draft pick last year, pretty athletic player, a little bit bigger um, was raw at Clemson, didn't play a lot, um, but I think he has more of that traditional or classic middle linebacker build that the Bills like. As far as physical attributes of the three that you just mentioned, who is best physically suited for that role? It's Balen Spector, I think. I mean, even wow. though in, in today's NFL, your two linebackers, you want them to be able to, to uh, play well in space. They have that with Matt Milano. Taron Johnson is essentially the third linebacker. He certainly can change directions. Um, Terrell Bernard can do that, but again, your middle linebacker is usually the guy taking on that lead block. And Tremaine Edmonds, as big as he was, was able to do that and leave Matt Milano and others free. Terrell Bernard being even smaller than Matt Milano, I think you would be good in coverage, but teams are going to exploit that with more tight ends, with running the football, and suddenly 
you're dealing with what the Bills dealt with two years ago, such a light defensive box where teams are going to be able to run it a lot better yeah. than I think Sean McDermott wants. Chris Passar, I guess, uh, last one from me, and it's uh, a question off the board about the running back market because you're going to be studying all these running backs for next year's draft class, and it's a big story here that these running backs are upset that they're not getting paid. Is this a trend or is this some, the new normal here in the NFL, Chris? I think it's the new normal, and it's, not, it's, it's no disrespect to running backs. I have nothing against them. We all watch running backs. as kind of the focal point of offenses in the 70s and 80s and 90s growing up. Um, I think it's not even that they don't matter to offenses. It's just there's too many really, really, really good ones, and you can get them way later in the draft. So I think that's really more of what it is, and it's just a passing league. And when you have what you want offensively, you have probably a franchise quarterback. And like I said, with the James Cook dynamic, you're not going to give him the ball probably 20 times a game because just looking at the analytics, you're not going to be as efficient moving the football as you can through the air. Chris, there is no offseason when no. you're Chris Rapasso. What are you working on now? What can we check out here at CBSSports.com? Uh, I believe today, or if not today, on Monday, a collaborative top 32 big board, myself, Josh Edwards, Ryan Wilson at CBS. For next year, it's super early. Things will change. We'll see some guys that will be in the first round that will go undrafted next year, um, which is usually the case. But that, and then we're really getting back into, because it's, it's still pretty early for draft stuff, young player stuff, just tracking first and second year quarterbacks, um, got a really interesting group and just young development across the entire NFL. Is there a player in college that you're looking forward to watching more so than any other player this upcoming season? Is a Caleb Williams kind of guy, or who, who's, who are you looking forward to seeing what they become here this upcoming college football How season? How about Michael Penix from Washington? Okay, I remember watching him at Indiana. Looked pretty athletic, then kind of flamed out and looked like not an NFL caliber player. Goes to Washington last year, lights it up, ton of big-time throws. I'm a big, big-time throw guy, I think. If your quarterback can do that like Josh Allen can, he led the NFL in big-time throw rate last season, then your offense is probably going to be pretty good. You can sprinkle in the screens and the RPOs, the easy stuff. Michael Penix was near the top of all of college football, dropping it into a bucket down the field. I want to see if he can recreate that at Washington. It's going to be a really fun Pac-12 this season. So he's the guy garnering a little buzz, but not quite the same as maybe Bo Nix at Oregon or Caleb Williams at USC. Michael Penix is the guy that I'm going to be Staying up late at times to watch there at Washington. Chris, uh, Danger and I will always be grateful to you because when, we yeah, when we were just first starting out, this was the guy who always answered our calls. And now uh, big-time CBS Sports NFL Draft Analyst. Chris, welcome back here to Rochester. Really love appreciate it. you. I buddy. love coming here. Thanks for having me, guys. Chris DePasso, CBS Sports Draft Analyst, always great with his time and uh, giving us his observations from day three at Buffalo Bills training camp, talking about some of the youngsters out on the field, guys, getting reps and adding adding some experience to their resume, trying to get on the field as much as possible. By the way, you mentioned Bo Nix. Bo Nix has got to be about 37 years old right now. I feel like I've been hearing Bo Nix in college football for at least the last <laughs> decade. Yeah. Was he starting at, at Auburn when he was like, am I, or am I getting him confused with that? He started at Auburn when he was like age 16, 17? What, what? Bo Nix is still playing college football. I didn't realize that Michael Penix was out. And, I remember him from Indiana when Indiana, oh, wait a second, Indiana football is being relevant? Yes. And so, yeah, I, we are, again, I'm ready for college football season. Danger, we do have uh, one Bill's note. Is this that, breaking news, Gino? It's breaking Would news. Would you call this breaking news? Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. 
Jordan Schultz is reporting the Buffalo Bills are going to sign wide receiver Andy Isabella after ah. apparently his workout went pretty well today. All right, like hearing that. That's uh, what was he a former third round pick of Arizona? I want to say second yeah, round pick. Third that was round pick? part of the Josh Rosen trade, believe it or not. Oh, that wow. was one of the picks that Miami got, and that didn't pan out. And look, we were out here all day. I don't know where they do these tryouts. I don't think it was here, to be honest. That was probably back at the Bills facility. Well, uh, good news there for the Buffalo Bills. Another body uh, that we can look forward to seeing here. At camp, we'll see what kind of uh, corresponding move the team makes if they're adding him uh, to their 90-man roster right now. But we'll certainly be seeing some Andy Isabella possibly as soon as uh, week one of the preseason uh, with that news from uh, courtesy of Jordan Schultz. All right, happy hour is on the way next in the sports bar. We're going to give you an opportunity to hear our conversation once again with Buffalo Bills nickel corner Taryn Johnson, who joined us right after practice uh, earlier this afternoon. Yeah, and we'll have time for your calls and happy hour as well, and uh, a lot of other things happening. 866-4FAN, 866-4326. If you want to pull up a stool and join us here in the sports bar, Danger and Vitaglia on the fan, Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.